So when I think about how we have grown to 30K, had 8 million views on Reels and gained 500 clients in a year, I attribute 99% of that to the central portion of the strategy. And that's your middle audience. Would you like to grow your Instagram following in 2022? Perhaps you're already on Instagram, but feel frustrated with your growth. In this podcast episode, you'll hear from four business owners who've grown engaged followings on Instagram that they use to promote their business. I used to think of stories as a real afterthought. And now it's become the backbone of my business and how I attract people to my Instagram account. You'll hear the strategies they've used to build their audience on Instagram, including how they've used Instagram stories to grow their community and their sales, how they've created viral Instagram reels, and also how they've coached with showing up online, even when they didn't feel like it, along with some of the downsides of social media, like dealing with trolls. You'll also hear how they translate their social media engagement into sales. You need to be thinking about your audience in your content. How can I help you? What do you need? How do I make content that talks to your fears, your problems, your hopes, your aspirations? And how can I be relatable to you? This episode has been created using content from a session on Instagram growth at my recent Courageous Content Live content planning event. The session was hosted by producer and broadcaster Anne McGinley, who you'll hear from in the opening. You'll also hear from personal trainer and fitness expert Jacqueline Hooten, social media experts Rachel Rugrant and Abby Thomas, and textile design artist Kath James. And if you still have questions after you've heard them speak, stick around because I've included some of the questions our delegates asked. You're listening to the Courageous Content Podcast. I'm Janet Murray, and I love helping coaches, creatives, and entrepreneurs create super engaging content that generates leads and sales for their businesses. No one starts a business and just knows how to create engaging content. It's a skill that has to be learned and practiced. And there's always something new to learn, no matter how long you've been in business. And I know running an online business can feel messy. Perfectionism, Fear, self-doubt, and other mindset stuff can stop you showing up online in the way that's best for you. So you'll get help with that too. Ready to get courageous with your content? Let's get started. Jacqueline Hooten is a personal trainer who works with female clients online and face-to-face. And with her clear and powerful pro-aging message, Jacqueline has come to the attention of numerous brands and agencies. So how much would you give to get in front of an audience of 4 million people? What about 3 million people? What about a million people? How much would that mean to you? Well, I've managed to get in front of those audiences without paying, without being a Love Island contestant, and most importantly, without getting naked. So I've got in front of those audiences. And I think one of the key things I'm going to get across to you is how I've done that is by having content information that people want to share. That's going to be really key to it. So my secret of Instagram growth is really coming to the attention of accounts with people with large followings. Um, They are interested in what I have to say and what I do, and they want to share or collaborate or be part of what that is. So why me? What am I doing that's a bit different? Well, I make great play about my age. I'm 58 because it's relevant to what I'm promoting. So I really promote active aging, optimal aging, healthy aging. And my audience is sort of focusing around women in midlife in their 50s and 60s about getting them strong, fit and healthy and to promote optimal aging 
So being a midlife woman and not being coy about my age and being quite vocal about that and challenging lots of stereotypes has really resonated with a lot of people. So it's been really important. So let me just come back to those huge accounts that I've mentioned. So back in March... My phone went a bit crazy because it was a Sunday afternoon. My phone was on charge. And when I went back to my phone, I had about a gazillion notifications. And the first one was that the body coach, had Joe Wicks, had tagged me in a story, well, several stories. Now, Joe has got 4 million followers. And why I came to his attention, why he shared it in the first place, is what I was saying was a little bit different. Yes, I was talking about health and fitness, but instead of saying I'm passionate about health and fitness, which is just about what everybody in the fitness industry says, I talked about the importance of engaging everybody in health and fitness, having role models, making it relatable, having diversity and inclusion, and not only for people working in the industry, but people accessing our services. And that struck a chord with him and struck a chord with many of the people who were watching and listening. And so I was talking about my experience as being an older woman in the fitness industry and talking about how your health can take a nosedive around midlife. And that was really quite crucial to that. But it wasn't the first time that someone had shared stuff about me. And it wasn't the last time. Nevertheless, I saw a huge uptake in followers following that. But prior to that, I'd been contacted by other brands. So I was already invited onto Women's Health account, which has got something like 750,000 followers, to do a live Instagram workout. That was during the pandemic. Everything I'd said prior to that about health and about healthy aging and about midlife women was already resonating with that very targeted niche audience. And also, when I look at the most successful posts I have, they're all around challenging the stereotype and idea that we have about going downhill in midlife. It gives people hope and um, inspiration about what they can do. So I aim to inspire, educate, inform and empower people to make those differences. So there have been loads of sort of other brand collaborations along the way. I've got grown from sort of around about the beginning of the pandemic to 1,000 followers to 11,000 followers. It's not huge, huge, but it's big enough. And when I look at my audience as well, it's exactly who I want. It's 91% female. When I look at the age group, it's primarily in the midlife age range. So I've been so clear in my messaging that it's really worked to bring the right people to me. My latest reel has got, well, actually, it's not latest, it's on a couple of weeks ago. It's 283,000 views on that reel. And it really challenges that age stereotype. 100,000 followers or views on another one, 50,000. That's a kind of regular figure for me. And again, when I look at what the secret behind that, it's all a bit about challenging the age stereotype. So I guess the things I take home from this, but perhaps for you, and make it relevant to your industry, your, what you're doing, whether you're a product or a service, is to have a really clear message around what you're doing or a very clear niche and, and keep reiterating it, but keep sharing it in slightly different ways. Otherwise, it gets a bit boring. I let my values shine through and I think my personality along with it that as well. So people kind of get that. There's a sprinkling of humour. It's a little bit of irony, but it's also some hard hitting stuff as well. Some hard information about health advice, which wouldn't land right every time if it was always gloom and doom. So I have to kind of drag people in with some of the amusing lighter stuff and then I get them pow with some of the information that will empower them to take some action in midlife.
And I create stuff that other people want to share and shout about, which is hence some of the brand collaborations, being invited onto podcasts, being invited on as a guest and creating content and stuff that people are interested in sharing. And I think when I look at where the big leaps in followers have come, it's because these other brands with big followings have wanted to share what I've done because what I've said is relevant and interesting and a little bit different. So, and my final message would be embrace reels. You know, reels have been such a, a thing for me. You know, I started off in typical ageism attitude, like I'm too old for it. And that's what I challenge all the time is ageism. And there was me being ageist and being worried about doing reels because I was too old. But that's been really significant and important for me. Thank you very much, Jacqueline. And let's move from the South Coast now to South Wales, as we say, bonadar to our next speaker, a textile artist specializing in hand embroidered human anatomy. She's self-taught and created these pieces for anatomy enthusiasts and lovers of medical illustrations. Welcome, Kath Janes. I've grown my Instagram following over the last 18 months from 300 followers to four and a half thousand. And one of the ways I've done that is with Instagram stories. I used to think of stories as a real afterthought. And now it's become the backbone of my business and how I attract people to my Instagram accounts. I used to think stories were just where you dump posts and reels once you've done them. But I soon learned that my customers were never going to buy embroidery from me unless they really understood the amount of effort that goes into them. Some of my pieces sell for upwards of £500 and they're not going to buy those unless they know that I spend 100 hours working on a piece. Also, when people find me on Instagram, They'll often message me to say they've never seen anything like that before. And it's very clear they're in at the ground level and it's my job to give them loads of information. And I soon worked out the stories was a way better place for me to do that than on my grid. So I'm going to take you through how I've done that. I post on stories every day and I post a whole range of information. The key things I do are make sure that all of my stories have anatomy and embroidery running through them and that they're always fun and enthusiastic because I understand how niche I am and I want to draw people in. And another thing I do is always make them really visually attractive. Hopefully, you would be the judge. So whatever I post, I change up the way I deliver the information. I'll do chatting to camera, footage of me stitching, scroll reels, memes, all sorts of different ways of presenting information. And I'll give you an idea of the types of things I post on stories. I break it down into five categories. So the first thing I do is what I describe as a blow-by-blow blow account of my work. So much effort goes into what I stitch. And I use stories to show that in real time to my customers. And I think this can apply to any product-based business. So if I start stitching at nine and finish at five, I'll do almost hourly, sometimes more often, accounts of what I've just done, how I've done it, everything from how I chose the needle to how I shaded a kidney, the whole nine yards. And people follow that story all through the day to see how my work is progressing. This really shows the value of what I do. And it always throws up a lot of questions from customers. Another thing I do on stories is try to create a water cooler atmosphere. I assume that we're all the same. We all get bored at work. We all want to nose around somebody else's workspace. I put it all out there on stories. I'll bring people into my sewing shed. I'll show them what I'm wearing. I wear ridiculous scruffy clothes in my shed what the weather's like, what the postie just brought, what's on the radio, what music I'm listening to, what's in my mug, the whole nine yards. And that always creates a lot of conversation. And I ask 
my community what their day has been like. And it shows them that while I do something very different, we're actually quite the same. Another thing I do is share a lot of content from other accounts. I'm not a medical professional and I'm not an expert anatomist, but there are people on Instagram who are. So I cherry pick really good information from their accounts and share them in my stories. I think my community really enjoys that because I get to do all the hard graft of finding the best bits and it links them to my work. So say there's an anatomist showing the dissection of a female breast. I can put that in stories and then link it to my embroidery of the female breast and customers, again, get the value from what I create. This next category sounds a bit dull. It's admin, but it needn't be. So I put everything admin-wise on stories from website updates, newsletter alerts, my plans for the future, what's happening in my website journal. Because the idea is to never have customers search for information. It's always right there. And I make it fun. I've got a bulb horn, which I should have brought with me. Hold on. There you go. Which I use for big announcements. My customers seem to love that. I use lots of stickers and memes. So even though the information isn't exciting, it's at least good to look at. And it's kind of my customers have soaked it up. And finally, we get to the squirrel penis, which is where I do what I hope Jan would agree is courageous content. So don't start panicking. I dissect small animals that my cat has killed and brought in. I do that to understand anatomical systems and textures. I recently dissected a squirrel, put it all out there on stories with a trigger warning. And the story that got the most hits was the squirrel's penis dissection. Everyone went nuts for it. I got so much engagement. Another thing I did a few weeks ago, I had my IUD replaced by the GP. I put it all there on Instagram. Don't worry, not too many private photos, but an explanation of what was happening, why and how. The GP gave me my IUD to take home. I showed it to everyone. The engagement went through the roof. So many messages from women saying, thank you for talking about it, telling me their experiences, really kind of lit a fire under my community. So I think what I'm trying to say is, if you've ever thought of stories as an afterthought, stop. If you've got product-based business, you can put all this out there on stories, make it really interesting, flowy, dynamic, fun. And I think rather than people being distanced from you on your grids, you actually bring them right into your world as you're working. Thank you very much uh, for that. Let's move on to our third speaker right now, who is a social media manager and content creator from Dirty Work Digital. She's known for her out-of-the-box thinking and creative marketing, and she helps entrepreneurial businesses create content that converts. Our next speaker is Abby Thomas. Hello. So today, what I'm going to be speaking about is showing up and how it feels to be showing up on camera, showing up on stories, whether you want to be using TikTok or basically just showing up for your brand and the mindset around that. Because I think a lot of people want to show up. So my business is a year old. Um, I went freelance last year. And when I first started, I was absolutely crippled by the fear of what other people were thinking about me. Didn't want to show up on camera. Didn't want to show up on stories. I've got reels now that have gone viral to over 3 million people. But the fear at the start of was just thinking my neighbor's best friend's dog is going to be judging me. I don't want to come up on camera. And how am I going to overcome this? What I decided to do is to just start showing up and moving forward with 
what I want you to take from this talk today is the easiest way to start showing up on camera if you are completely crippled by that fear is to take your camera and to take your phone and just hit the record button and see what comes out. The thing that um, people relate to and kind of create that human connection with are your arms and your arms and your R's and your quirks. Being more natural and being more you is what's going to create connection with your audience. You just need to find your thing with it. My thing with it is that I didn't want to dance around on reels or I didn't want to do the pointy thing. So I thought to myself, what is my thing? Well, I'm a little bit wacky. I'm a little bit quirky. And sometimes I'm a little bit sarcastic, if you can see in any of my reels. And I thought to myself, I'm going to find trending sounds and I'm going to put my own spin on that. I just hit the record button and then I do not watch it back. Because once you start watching it back, you've got time to judge yourself and you've got time to find faults and flaws. The thing is as well, it's, it's like live video. Live video, everyone's able to see your habits. I'm always flicking my hair around or touching my face. And that's kind of creating connection with my audience because it reminds them that I'm still a human being at the end of the day behind this. You're not always going to want to show up on camera either. There are going to be days when you think to yourself, I don't feel like showing up today or I don't want to do that. But finding a way to do it that feels kind of authentic for you. So you might have taken a photo a couple of days before and then just putting that up on your screen in your stories. This is what I'm doing today. What else are you doing? But the thing is, no one is laughing at you. And the people that are laughing at you, that's their problem and that's not your problem. As soon as you start moving forward with video and you start showing up on camera, you hit that record button and you think to yourself, I'm not going to worry about what these people are thinking at home. It will get easier. It's like baby steps, just kind of taking that first step into moving forward with it. The thing is as well, especially with women talking about Instagram, like reels where they're given so much visibility at the moment, you are going to open yourself up to people that may not be so nice and they may be kind of trolls or nasty. I have had this, I think a lot of people will be able to say the same, is that when you're opening yourself up to reels and that much visibility, you will get a little bit of backlash. I remember the first time someone trolled me and it completely ruined my day. And it's so ridiculous because when I look back at it now, I think to myself, who is that person? You're watching me, but I have no idea who you are. The best thing to do is take that comment, look at it, block them and delete. Bye-bye. And continue with your thing. And the one thing I want you to do today is try and practice with video. Go out, have a walk with the dog, pick up your phone and just hit record and see what comes out. Wonderful. Thank you very much for that, Abby. And we have one more speaker. Rue Grant has been in the social media game since 2009. Just in 2020, she founded Pure Gallus Social, an Instagram consultancy. It's already grown to a community of over 30,000 and in the first year alone had 500 clients. To tell us a little bit about how she does. Hi, guys. My name is Rue. I'm at Pure Gallus Social. And I was really inspired today by the title of this session, which was Grow Your Instagram Community and Sales. And what struck me about that title is those are the two bookends of a really good Instagram strategy. 
And if you follow anyone like me or like Abby or any other social media consultancy on Instagram, we will talk endlessly about growth and sales. And that's because that's the sexy stuff, right? That's what gets you guys to follow us and get you into our community. But what always concerns me about that is that when you only talk about the bookends, you miss out the entire central part of your content strategy. And that's a little bit of what I'm going to talk about today. So when we are talking about growth, we are talking about our unaware audience, right? We're talking about people who don't know you exist, making them know you exist, making them like you, and then making them follow you. When we are talking about sales, we are talking about our in-market audience. These are people who do follow you and who are interested in purchasing your products. What about everyone else? Okay. So when I think about how we have grown to 30K, had 8 million views on Reels, and gained 500 clients in a year, I attribute absolutely none of that to the beginning or the end. I attribute 99% of that to the central portion of the strategy. And that's your middle audience, your aware audience. So your aware audience, they follow you, they know you exist, they are underserved, and they are not yet ready to buy. When we neglect the central column of our audience, this causes a diminished engagement rate. So your engagement rate is the proportion of your audience that are actively engaging. And ultimately, it completely bottlenecks your sales because you are not nurturing your audience and moving them down your sales funnel into your end market. What I see a lot from people is they manage to go viral. This is not uncommon with reels. Virality is pretty common now. They get people in their audience and that's it. They're stuck. So what can you guys be doing to nurture the middle section of your audience and break that bottleneck? So the first thing that you need to be thinking about is how do I serve this community? Firstly, you're going to need to serve your community with personality and not personal life. So a lot of people when we say, bring yourself to Instagram, bring yourself to Instagram, they bring their kids, they bring their dog. They say, this is where I went at the weekend. And this is how I like my coffee. This is not that interesting to your audience. Kath knows how to bring personality to her stories, right? I don't know if she's married. I don't know if she has children. I know where she lives because of the accident, right? But I don't need to know about her personal life. Because she's dissecting a squirrel penis, okay? There's personality in here. There's interest already. This is how you serve your med audience, by really letting them see who you are and bringing them in. Your story is a fabulous place to do that. But you can also do it by not just sticking to trends with your content and also breaking out using your own voice and bringing a little bit of yourself to your reels and other content as well. You also serve the central audience by being incredibly generous with the information and the output that you give them around your 
speciality. I give away 80 to 85% of my knowledge about Instagram and content strategy and sales strategy for free on my Instagram. Don't get me twisted. The 15% that I keep in my little dungaree pocket here is the secret sauce. But I can give away so much information and still get that many clients because I am viewed as being generous with that information. And this builds your authority, but it also builds their confidence in you, right? When somebody gives you a present at Christmas, your first thought is, oh my God, I didn't get anything, right? The panic. You can create a little bit of that by giving lots away in your content. You can also serve them by bringing them in with your content and interacting heavily. I am not a proponent of engaging and spending lots of time out engaging in hashtags or engaging with your target market. But I am a ginormous advocate for responding to comments, responding to DMs, asking follow-up questions when someone leaves you a comment, asking follow-up questions when someone sends you a DM. Actually be interested in these people. These are the people who will become customers. They're just not there yet. We don't want to only be interested in our audience when we think they have cash in their hand. That's how you look like a money grabber. That's how you look salesy because you're not waiting for them to come to you nice and nurtured and ready. And the last way that you serve these people is by focusing directly on their needs and not wavering from that. Your content should not be about you. You are the last thing that your audience need to hear about. Your personality, yes. You need to be thinking about your audience in your content. How can I help you? What do you need? How do I make content that talks to your fears, your problems, your hopes, your aspirations? And how can I be relatable to you? I know that when I make a piece of content and all the comments are, oh my God, that's so me, I nailed it, all right? That's when I know that I have hit my mid-level audience. So next time you're thinking about your content strategy, remember the people in the middle. Don't just think about your new people. Don't just think about people with money in their hand. Think about the rest of your audience. Thanks. Thank you very much, Rue. Thank you to Jacqueline, Kath, Abby, and Rue. Wonderful. Some great information there. We've got some time for some questions. So the first question comes from Lisa. She wanted to ask Kath and Jacqueline if you schedule your stuff or do you do it mostly live? I schedule everything I do, but months by months. I found that doing it in three months chunks, oh, drove me bloody bananas because the first month would be great and the third month I'd be kind of weeping into my paper. So at the end of each month, I schedule everything for the next month and the schedule includes the stories I want to do each day as well. So there's always something to post. It's quite fluid, but on the days when I'm feeling a bit crappy and I've got not much imagination, there's always something there. So yes, it's a short answer. It's, uh, it must be very difficult to organize it. If only there was a nice, efficient way to organize your content. <laughs> Maybe somebody could come up with something like that. <laughs> Amazing idea. I'm the uh, Jacqueline. I don't, schedule, I don't schedule anything. I have a, obviously I have a plan and the, I know kind of the order of the week and what I want to put out there and the kind of sort of, sort of stuff I'm going to cover, but I don't schedule. I'm not great on scheduling. I'll be completely honest. I'm much more sort of fluid. <laughs> it sounds disorganized. 
it's not totally disorganized, but it kind of works. Okay, so it's kind of authentic of what's going on, and people kind of relate to that as well. So, strangely, I find both those answers very reassuring. Okay, <laughs> Tracy has asked Abby. So trending sounds. I struggle with sounds that match my content with a business Instagram account. Any tips? I always have uh, in the back of my mind, what if Instagram shut my account down for doing this? Okay, so in terms of this, you do have to be really careful because obviously copywriting with Instagram and stuff. The easiest way to get around this, and it's a hack, is that you can either switch your account to a creator's account and voila you've got access to music but obviously if you're a business and you want to keep track of your insights and you want to keep your business account the easiest way to do it is to change your category to entrepreneur and then to hide the category and you will have all of your music and like I said it is a hack it's a way around it if you are willing to change your category but then that means that you need to have in your bio exactly what you are selling and what you are offering so it is clear to people that are landing on your page wonderful second question from another Abby to Abby you said when you're whapping out your camera and just going for it do you mean to post it there and then or do you record it and then post it later In terms of a mindset thing, it depends on what you feel comfortable with. If you're just starting out and you're trying to get comfortable on camera, I would recommend just doing it as a practice. So like when you're walking the dog, just kind of practice speaking on camera, whether you're soft selling or whether you're just speaking um, about, I don't know, adding some value or educating. But if you are in a place where you just want to go for it and you want to start just obviously putting stories out there I'm mainly talking about stories I would find a spot with good lighting I would roughly know what I want to speak about and then I would just hit that record button and record it first take rather than I think what a lot of people do is go back watch it and they're like oh no don't like that I coughed in that one I'm going to go back and do it and then you completely lose and then what insight of what you were talking about. And then it's kind of like a breeding ground for imposter syndrome and that kind of thing. So what I'm saying to you is the camera is not judging you. Just hit the record button and see what comes out. Emma asked, what are content pillars? Content pillars are very simply the categories of things you talk about. All right. And they're often mistaken or interlinked with content intentions, which are things like educate engage and entertain but they are separate you need to be able to do any intention around any pillar so for instance if you have a a physical product based business say you sell shoes your pillars could simply be the categories of shoes you sell high heels boots trainers if like me you are a service based industry your pillars will probably be your areas of interest or the areas that you teach. So for me, that'd be things like Instagram basics, Instagram strategy, Instagram sales strategy, mindset for Instagram. That is very basically what content pillars are and you get to pick them for your own business. There's no wrong pillars unless they are not related to your business or your products. But what I will take um, from that, a really good point that Rachel just made, which a lot of people don't make, is that do not get them mixed up with the intention and, and the intention of what your content is, whether that's to educate, inspire, motivate, ask someone to take a 
um, action because I think that's kind of like a real blur on Instagram. So I really like that you just said that, Rachel. Just one final one. Jacqueline, you talked about repeating your message over and over again. How do you do that without getting bored and thinking that your audience must be bored? I think I come from it slightly different angles, to be honest. So the you know the basic premise that I'm sharing is about what we can do to support our health as we're getting older in midlife and how to train and how to eat and and everything around that. But it's it's being creative, I guess. You know, <laughs> it's being creative with how you present that information and making it engaging and interesting. And sometimes it's quite hard hitting and sometimes it's more lighthearted. But re- repetition, I think, is important. But if it was always delivered in exactly the same way, then that would be the boring bit. So it's kind of delivering what I do in slightly different nuanced ways, really. Because so much of what I do is training, you know, there's a million and one different ways to do workouts. So whether it's healthy aging and you might have bad knees at the moment, so these are the sort of exercises you could do or the way you could do it, as opposed to how you're going to support your cardiovascular heart health at the moment. And these are all the things that might contribute to that. So there's probably loads of layers within that. I hope this has given you lots of practical strategies you can use to grow your Instagram community in 2022. A reminder that I also have a full interview with Kath James. It's called How I Overcame My Fear of Putting My Face on Camera and I will link to it in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, do head over to Instagram and why not tag me and the speakers in to an Instagram story? We'd love to hear from you. You heard from Jacqueline Hooten at Her Garden Gym, Kath James at Kraken Creations, Abby Thomas from Dirty Works Digital and Rue Grant, who's at at Gallust Social and I'm at Jan Marie UK. I'll link to all of those Instagram handles in the show notes. Would you like to create super engaging content about your business and do it consistently? If so, you need my courageous content planner in your life. It's a gorgeous A4 desk diary that's so simple to use because it's based on my 4x4 strategy which involves posting four styles of content four days a week. Yes, content planning really can be that easy. There's templates for daily, weekly, monthly, and annual planning, so you know exactly what to post, where and when, plus hundreds of ready-to-go content ideas and prompts. So you'll never run out of ideas for social media posts again. And accountability trackers to keep you consistent with your posting. The Courageous Content Planner is both practical and pretty, with four gorgeous cover designs to choose from. So if you want to ditch the content overwhelm and you want a simple content plan you can actually stick to, head over to CourageousContentPlanner.com to order your copy today. Thanks for listening to the Courageous Content Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or share the episode on social media. That way, more people can benefit from the free tips and strategies I share. And be sure to tag me in when you do. I'm at Jan Murray on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. 